return of the midweeks. Hello, dear friends. You're back here. We are back in for Samuel. And this is where our story is going to take a turn for the better. Um, we've just had the Ark of the Covenant come back after wreaking havoc through the land of the Philistines. And now it's back in Israel, but things aren't better yet. And so now we're going to hear the story where things improved. And this is really the highlight of Samuel's reign. As you remember, one of the things we're saying when we're studying Samuel is that this book exemplifies the theology of God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Samuel's going to lead the people through an act of great humility. And in response to that, God is going to rescue them. He's going to deliver them. He's going to give them the freedom for which they've craved for years and years and years. And so we're in 1 Samuel. We're going to start chapter 7, verse 3, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter. And Samuel said to the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. Let's stop there. Okay, so we're seeing this pattern. You might remember the last book of history from the Bible. Um, was the book of Judges, and this was the pattern, that the people of Israel would fall into worshiping the gods of the nations around them and be suffer defeat as God handed them over to the weakness of their idols. And then God would raise up a judge who would lead the people, and the good ones would lead them to victory spiritually as well as in a military victory, and other judges just would fight and sometimes would have victory, and sometimes they didn't even have victory. And here is Samuel demonstrating that he is one of the good judges. He's leading the people first in spiritual victory by humbling themselves and turning away from their idols, and then he's going to lead them into a military victory. But this is always amazing to me that there can be so much idolatry in Israel, and yet it is also not amazing at all. Um, the human heart prefers idols to true faith in the living God. We prefer things that we can see. We prefer things that we can control. We prefer things that don't seem costly to us. And many times being a follower of the true God can seem so costly and out of control. But as Israel proves over and over again, worshiping idols costs you so much more than faithfulness to God. And so it's amazing. And it's a bit ironic that even though the Ark of the Covenant just went all by itself and kind of destroyed the Philistine lords and they sent the Ark back because of the power of God, that the Israelites didn't see, hey, our God is more powerful than the idols. They needed, years later, for Samuel to come and start preaching this gospel of repentance from sin and repentance from idolatry before they would do it. So it's a good reminder to all of us, we have blind spots, sin blind spots, but there's always this call to be humble. Be humble first. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So choose humility first. Confess your sins to God. Confess your sins to others. Get rid of the idols, the things that you're trusting instead of the Lord only, and he will raise you up. And this is the raise you up part, starting in verse 5. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord. So the pouring out of that water, I think, symbolizes repentance and tears and stuff like that. 
And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. There's the J word right there. Now when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. See, Israel's not even starting the fight here. They've come together to repent. They've come together to pray and repent and call it to the Lord and say sorry to God. And the Philistines hear about it, maybe assume it's a battle thing, who knows, but they've come to crush their gathering. They don't believe in the free assembly. And when the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So they've humbled themselves, but they're not full of faith. But they know how to pray, and they know who God has raised up to be their leader. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now this is the best part. This is where... You know, this is almost like the first Lord answering prayer since Hannah was praying in the presence of Eli in the beginning of the book. So Hannah got her prayer answered because she came and cried out to the Lord in humility. And now Samuel's getting his prayer answered as he cries out to the Lord and the people have humbled themselves by getting rid of their false gods. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. See, this is not a great time to be worshiping. When there's an army attacking you, you should be out there with your sword. No, he's offering sacrifice when the battle's starting. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines, then threw them into confusion, and they were defeated before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far as beth Car. So interesting that the Philistines would even attack Israel, knowing that their God um, had struck them so grievously earlier, but people forget. People change their minds. People trust themselves and their swords over and over and over again. They forget the power of God. And Israel does it. Now the Philistines did it. And now when Israel is the one remembering God and remembering the power of God and humbling themselves, it's the Philistines who are defeated because they're attacking Israel in their pride. All right. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he had said, Till now the Lord has helped us. And Ebenezer means uh, the stone of help. Eben is a stone and an Ezer is a helper. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. So this is a major victory for the Israelites. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. That's a long time. And that would include uh, raising up Saul to fight the battles there. Um, now, the cities of the Philistine, that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath, and Israel delivered their territories from the hands of the Philistines, and there was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. The Amorites will be an important people group later on in this book, but what it's saying here is that the victory is so complete that it's not like they just defeated the Philistine armies, but they went and reoccupied territory that the Philistines had annexed into their nation-state's influence, because of their military prowess, but it was essentially because uh, Israel was um, not faithful to God. And remember, this is promised land stuff. This is land that God had given to Israel. So to lose the land was a sign of real divine punishment. And to regain it is a sign of real blessings from the Lord coming back to Israel. And how did it start? It started all with repentance of idolatry and coming to the Lord with prayers instead of demands and coming to the Lord begging for deliverance instead of trusting in their own strength. And so there's the summary of the battle. This is Samuel's high point. 
as far as being a leader and a judge. And then starting in verse 15, there's going to be a summary. It's going to move from ending the story of kind of like a zoomed in on, on a, an event that probably took a few days. Um, and now it's going to pull out and give us a summary of many years of history here. 15. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went out on a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. And he judged Israel in all those places. And then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there. And there also he judged Israel, and he built there an altar to the Lord. So the building of the altar to the Lord would remind you of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and how they would build altars to the Lord for worship, and that's a good thing. And it just describes how Samuel would do his life. He would travel in a circuit, going from one place to the next, helping with issues, providing leadership, being a prophet to the Lord to the people of Israel, and he would be on this circuit. And that is how um, these days of kind of peace and prosperity after the Philistines were beat back, that's how God provided for Israel, was through Samuel um, being the leader that would travel around providing leadership to the tribes. But this time's going to come to an end. The next time we get together, we're going to see Samuel's getting old and the people are beginning to um, wonder what the future's going to be like as Samuel's lifespan is coming to an end. So here is the big idea. It's the big idea of the book. Uh, by faith, when we humble ourselves, God will respond. If you don't have a theology and faith that God responds to humility, you take matters into your own hands, and that does not work out. That's what the people are going to learn in the next chapter. But if by grace you have faith in God and humble yourselves and put yourself in a position where you're actually getting rid of those things that you trust in apart from God um, and, and seeking a life that trusts in the Lord only, he will arrive. He will show up like he did with those Philistines, and he will restore and empower those whose trusts are in him with great humility. He gives grace to the humble. So be blessed, Calvary. We'll talk to you again soon. Otherwise, I encourage you to keep knowing God through his word. 